Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. This is episode 103. Today, we caught up with Jill Naus. Jill is Portland, Oregon's best yoga teacher. She is dedicated to helping students and teachers discover what makes them feel truly alive. She leads yoga retreats all over the world, does workshops and conferences, and we get to talk to her today about what lights her up and what makes her an amazing human being. Because I think it's really important and I think that for what we do as teachers, it's always important to be able to show up to create a great space for people. But for me, I'm more concerned as far as, you know, being in a teacher's care like yourself. I, I want to I feel like the person that I'm with is, is being real. Yeah. Right? So it's like what, what we look for just in general is, is depth right like as humans like we just look for that depth so what do you think about all that (laughs) well I think it's um it feels really good to hear you say that that you have that like it'll make my eyes bubble up you know I'm um frequent crier program right here but um because it it is really important to me that people feel seen in, in a real way and I try as best as I can to be honest about where I am in a particular moment, not necessarily lugging my baggage into the space, but being honest um, and transparent because we're all in this experience together. And I think that the more that we can be seen, the more we can see others and vice versa. It just opens the door of communication, even if it's nonverbal. So I really try to embody, I, I, you know, I feel like authenticity is such a, like a, a, a highly used word right now and yeah. finding your voice is such a, um, a commonly used phrase right now, but, but I really do try to show up in the most real way that I possibly can. Um, and I think that allows people to be more open with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, true and and I can see that and one of the big things that you strive for and you know me being part of your community you know feeling like you've worked really hard to create this amazing community or not so much to create it but to allow the opportunity for us to create a really strong uh, sangha right a really strong community that that feels supported Uh, and I think that that's something that's not practiced enough, right? We don't really give too much importance around building community or, or building each other up. Right. Right? Because right. it's... Because I think we're our own worst critics. We were just talking about that before. We can be our own worst critics. And um, there's a lot of power in someone else believing in us and even setting the standard higher than we might set for ourselves. And 99.9% of the time, we will achieve the expectations or the belief Mm -hmm. that someone else sets on us. It sort of expands the possibility of what we can accomplish. And so I really try to see that in people. And I guess my focus is going from students in my class to even the teachers that I coach and mentor and and, in teacher trainings and things like that, but to really see their potential. And we all have fear and we all have self-doubt and self-limiting beliefs, but I can put the hat on of more of a coach and see the possibility and the potential that maybe 
they can't see in themselves. And the same goes for me. I mean, I, I have coaches that help me in that way too. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's easy to it's easy to go into the samskaras or the the patterns, the habitual patterns of the stories that we tell, and limit ourselves from what our our potential is. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that you. I mean, that's you're absolutely right. And can you can you talk to us a little bit more about? Um, elevate trainings because I have a handful of friends that have gone through your trainings and they speak really highly of them and and I know you and so I know the type of work that you're doing with these people and I just think it's it's such an incredible uh, thing for for you to be providing these teachers and and just people in general with with that sense of of encouragement right so like you have these trainings that are that are built up around all these things that you're talking about, building people up. Mm-hmm. Um, so what kind of prompted you to start that? Well, it was really um, directly as a result of something that I felt I needed. And so, um, and, you know, I was kind of let, letting the, the teaching be my teacher, really, as I continue to do. It helps me to grow every single, every single time I lead one of these programs. But really it was... Um, you know, even after teaching, I started Elevate Trainings. I really, the idea was being born in 2012. And so I had been teaching already for six or so years, six or seven years. I started teaching in 2006. And when I was done with training, it was kind of like, off you go. You know, just like kind of <laughs> yeah. get booted like a robin, you know, booted out of the nest and I barely could even fly. So... I just, I wished that there was a place where people could come together and have a community that was really supportive, that was really honest. Again, that had those elements of transparency and vulnerability so that it was okay to come in and say, you know what, I get scared every time I teach or um, I'm still doing the I shoulds and not really speaking from my heart or from a really rooted place. Um, so these things were okay to be talked about, but then also, you know, the training that I, I went through and most of us have this experience that a 200 hour just barely scratches the surface of anything. We get an introduction to a lot and I definitely felt ready to teach, but there was so much learning still to be done. And it was, I knew it was going to be a lifetime of learning, but this was something that would dive more deeply into particular topics. And I am not, I don't claim to be anybody's guru and I don't claim to know everything about everything or you know I mean I feel like the more that I learn the more I realize I don't know and um, so in in the case of Elevate what I felt would really serve the community was to have um, experts in different areas come in and really give a broad and wide array of, of um, teachings and so I was able to connect with um, some great teachers and and bring them in in the areas where they're really, really very passionate and uniquely skilled in delivering the information. So, so that's kind of what it was. So it was first the container. And, you know, I mean, I am like, I'm like, uh, I don't have any kids, but like I will hold people and I can't help it. And I like... I just, I want to hold everybody and like, get, you know, that might sound so strange. 
That sounds really, really strange. But I, I do. I like. I, I feel um, that I have a very maternal instinct. That my nature is to, um, to is to serve in that way, and to really, um, you know. I, I do a lot of things within Elevate. I ask the hard questions, but then I'm there to um, to sort of hold the space for the for the reaction response and results of those hard questions. And so it's really kind of a coaching relationship. And I think a lot of really good work is done there. So anyway, that's a long answer to a short question. Yeah. But it's it's been kind of, you know, it's been three years now and it's been um, five graduating classes and... Um, and just a lot of transformation, not only for them, but for me and everyone that touches the program. All the different teachers that come in from all the different studios uh, in Portland and outside of Portland. I've had people from um, the Phoenix area, New York City, and um, other teachers come in and, and share what they're most passionate about. Um, but we all grow. And that's why I, it was some divine uh, download in 2012 that was like, it's Elevate, you know, and then it really is. Everybody that touches the program sort of elevates together. And it's, uh, it's been a pretty magical experience for me. Maybe you could be the Portland hugging saint. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Just a little sign-up. That's a, needs a hug. What do you think have been the two biggest catalysts of change for you in your life? Hmm. Um, catalysts for change. I'm not exactly sure what the catalyst was for, um, I mean, it was definitely a discomfort in my life that led me to switch gears and get out of the corporate world and move to um, Portland and, and seek out other, another career path that was more heart-centered, more passion-driven. Um, but so the catalyst was discomfort or unhappiness or dis-ease in my body and in my soul, really. Um, but then I, with that, those sensations in my body and, and a knowing that, that something was really off, I started listening to my heart and I started trusting intuition, even when it was guiding me in ways that I couldn't understand at the time. And it was like, you you need to take a step. And it was just one step at a time. Like I can look back now and be like, oh, it was so beautifully planned, <laughs> but it was not. And there were moments of very painful, you know, ramifications from it. Like, you know, you might lose your house and you know what I mean? Like those things happen for sure. Um, uh, but, but in San Francisco, when I was working in the corporate world uh, toward the end of uh, my career there, I was very, very feeling very unhappy, feeling very unsatisfied. Um, definitely not aligned with any kind of dharma or soul work. Um, and then the other thing I would say that was a real catalyst or turning point for me was um, getting coaching, spiritual and business coaching. And that changed everything because, like I said, someone else was believing in me and asking the hard questions and then sticking around to be there to encourage and continue to hold me accountable to the things that were really important to me that I'd shared as my values. So coaching, spiritual, and business really accelerated. It was, I, I started coaching in 2012, and that's what led me to the creation of Elevate and all the things that I've done as a result of that. For me, it was to 
explore that more deeply. So whatever, whatever that means to you, it doesn't mean you have to go and quit your job. I didn't do it that dramatically either. You know, I did. Good for you. (laughs) I think, I think that, um, if you really, so right now I'm in, I'm in a very sort of spiritual place in my own personal practice. So the first thing I would say is get quiet because there's so much noise out there. And there's, you know, all the things that we do to distract ourselves from that download is coming through for a reason. And it, and we push it away. And so, and I pushed it away for a very long time. I mean, I, I honest, I pushed it away long enough to be really overweight and feeling really crappy and my body hurt. And, you know, like I, all of the, so what happens is you get the results of pushing it away. Right. And that's to kind of go deeper into the hole. Usually for me, it was, I'll speak for myself, but I, I can speak to that. As yeah. Well. Right. It, it happens. Yeah. And, and so I didn't, and also sometimes it's a lack of awareness. I didn't know what the messages were that were coming through. But, um, when I started just listening to each one individually, instead of like, like I would slow down, get a little quiet, whether that's meditation for you or walking in nature or, you know, whatever. And then listen and observe yourself. Because when you observe yourself, you see what is the sort of hamster wheel of thoughts. And then you start to connect more with what's, what's real. So that's the first thing I would say is get quiet and, um, and start to explore it in a in a way that feels comfortable to you because it doesn't have to be really dramatic. It doesn't have to be really scary. It doesn't have to be turning your world upside down. Um, but finding the things that are calling to you. Like for me, it was um, a sense of wellness and a, and a sense of wellness. The first step for that for me was physical. So I immediately was, as soon as I got to Portland, I was turning my life around. So it was somewhat dramatic, but I still had my job. I was working out, I was doing yoga, I was getting quiet, I was doing breath work and that kind of thing. And it sort of all led me, if I just took one little step and one little step and one little step, all of a sudden I'm in teacher training, I'm in massage school, I'm converting my garage into a studio, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was, you know, the path of right. a couple of years of this listening and following, and then it's that next step, and then it's that next step. And I think the important thing to remember is that there's no failure or success, that it's all, you're, we're always on the path, and there's no way to step off the path. You're yeah. on your path. You might have a little detour yeah. or two. No, I, I totally agree with, with that, because I, I think and feel the same way, that there is no right or wrong, right? It's like, even if you feel like you're gonna make a mistake, it's not a mistake. You know, whatever happens is your medicine for that moment. And especially if you can be present and, again, a witness to the teachings that come from it. Because everything is an opportunity to be an observer and to um, gather more information about who we are. And the more that we can settle into a sense of acceptance of ourselves, like, the more that everyone around us, everything we touch benefits from that. It, it kind of brings me back to the authenticity again and just trying to be really transparent. Yeah, I think that's huge because I think that in in our world with what, what we do, I think that that's, it's, it's a key. Yeah. 
you know, because being able to be transparent and, and be real with people. And again, it's like you said, it's not about bringing our own shit into the studio or bring our own shit into the people that we work with. It's, it's really just about showing up and mm-hmm. being present with the other. Right. Right. And I think that that's, again, something that, that you do quite, quite beautifully. And I, and I appreciate that because I feel that you are, are a great example of it, you know, one of the things I want to talk to you about, and because we're friends, and, <laughs> and I, I want to know. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of writing this, this, this thing. This thing. And uh, I have to write about failure, right? And I have such a huge hang-up with it mm. because even that word failure, like, irks me like it literally makes me feel like icky like I don't use that word Mm -hmm. at all Mm -hmm. you know like because I think back of my life and I'm like I can't really say that I've failed anything you know what I mean yeah Yeah, that you see it that way yeah but in my mind it's like there's been things that have not worked oh yeah I've I've made a lot of mistakes for sure uh but I can't really say that I've that I feel like I've failed at something because again maybe it's my perspective and maybe it's just the way that I grew up you know just being able to like you know overcome adversity and like just keep going like I was always taught to just you keep going like there's if something doesn't work try another way and just keep going um so this has been something that's been kind of ingrained and so when when I'm asked about my feeling on failure it's like well I don't want to fail right that's the number one thing and perhaps it's my aversion to that failing that maybe it's my big fear so I do everything in my power to not go there Mm -hmm. right so so I'm I'm interested in in just you know you you as as a friend of mine like what is my problem? <laughs> You're hilarious. <laughs> like, I think it's beautiful. Like, I'm trying to untrain that conditioned mind that has been sort of um, conditioned that 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 there was a failure. Like, I think it's beautiful. I, I think that we need to move into the space where you are. That there's nothing wrong with you. If I'm answering your question right, I feel like um, you know it was a, a topic of a of a teaching session that I, I had recently and it was exactly that success and failure and that the, this is conditioning through even school like when we're yeah. little kids and like you know we have to do this and do this right and according to this or we fail you know and um so we're all conditioned in that way I'm trying to um to begin to to move more from that space of it's what I just said, how we kind of led into this is that there are no failures. This is information that is giving us more clarity and alignment on our path. I think anytime we hit up against walls and you're going to continue to hit up against them and that resistance, eventually it's going to hurt. Right. Um, and you switch gears. And so you start moving towards uh, something that is in the flow more instead of swimming up the river. Right. I don't think you can't fail. So you're, well, no, and I say, I, I guess the, the caveat to, so I don't sound like a pompous asshole is, is the person that I had to submit this writing to, I, I explained, well, I kind of don't really have a relationship to this. Yeah, There's something great. about it where I'm like, 
maybe it's again it's it's this thought where I'm like I don't I just don't go there that's just not my belief I just right. don't believe that anything will was take it kind me. of a where in your life have you failed right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it and it was just kind of like oh god like I can't think of anything um <laughs> but I can think of a lot of things and and maybe and you know I I've been sort of reeling over this this thing and and it, it's kind of messed up because it really makes me think of all the things that have gone wrong mm -hmm. because don't get me wrong there's a lot of stuff that's gone mm -hmm. wrong and there's a lot of mistakes that I've made and there's a lot of things that I wish that I could undo there's a lot of things that I've said that I wish I wouldn't have said and and there's people that have hurt that I wish I would have never hurt and I wish that there was you know a lot of different things but I don't I, I can't take them back and and again I'm not gonna harbor them so you know I again I, I don't know I don't know that I can really speak to that in, in a real like belief way and maybe I'm just in denial you know like no and, but I also think that those are our biggest teachers those experiences like if everything was just coasting along and we were just having this oh, yeah right, I mean it would kind of everything would just blur together like those are moments where we had an opportunity to build character or you know um, do the right thing as a as a response or really learn about ourselves those are the moments like that that really uh, build us up I think if we if we can process them if we can digest them right and then if we can um, learn from them and and maybe do things differently going forward but they're opportunities really yeah no I I think that what you said about being able to digest these things that happen in our lives or things that come up is really important um, I think being able to have a mistake or something that goes wrong without that catharsis is is just going to resonate in your body and it's just going to create a lot of unhappiness and even you know like you might hold resentments or something else might come up because of you not being able to digest these things um well it just makes us more real yeah that's true right? even in connecting with other people when they have the opportunity to share something that they've experienced in that way that brings us closer to them it's I, Someone who's standing there telling you how perfect they are and everything that they've got going for them and, and all the things that are just right about them. It's great to hear it. It's really, sure. you know, good for fucking you. <laughs> yeah, right. Bleeped. But when someone We're, tells you explicit. about something that they've, like, you know, overcome and a challenge that they were faced with or something, something that shows you um, their beautiful humanness, you lean in. I lean in. I do. I, I, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, we are sisters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yes, yes. So amen for the quote-unquote failures. Cool, yeah. Yes, please. If you have a failure <laughs> and you want to change your thought process around it, give me a call. <laughs> I will help you because that is not allowed. Um, all right, Jill, closing, closing thoughts here. I don't want you to leave yet, so oh. <laughs> I'm going to try and make something up. Um, um, okay, yes. So, so, yeah, closing thoughts. Tell me, 
Oh, I'm getting nervous. Oh, no. You just said it was explicit. Well, it is because we, we can curse and stuff. We, it's an adult-only channel. Adult-only channel, right. Just wait. We're going to have your hubby in soon. We're going to talk to Jill in a, in a, in a, after the break. We're going to talk to Jill and her hubby about relationships. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that'll be exciting. I guess, you know, just... Having you on here, I not only for my personal pleasure, but also for the listening uh, pleasure of uh, the people out there listening. Uh, and this podcast is meant to provide information or give people uh, a sense of uh, encouragement mm-hmm. to to do something or you know feel uh, confident enough to just continue to live their journey. What sort of advice would you give our listeners um, to continue to live authentically or to begin to live authentically? Well, the word that keeps coming to my mind is acceptance. And I think that um, accepting ourselves as we are is sometimes challenging to do. And and, and then we can often project that. And so we get into this space of judgment. And so it's something that I'm actually working on personally a lot right now, but it's accepting that I am perfect in all of my perceived imperfections, right? And that I, you know, it's a, it was part of the, the workshop event that you came to um, the other night, just that idea of so hum, I am that, or tatuamasi, Thou art that, that we are all part of this whole together. Um, And when we can do that, I heard a quote the other day that was, um, you can trust people 100% of the time to be exactly who they are. And it's this idea of like, oh God, you know, we have to accept people as they are. We have to accept ourselves as we are or we'll suffer, right? So um, maybe an indirect way of of answering that, but I think it starts with self-acceptance, self-exploration, and accepting as a whole. Uh, Jill, as usual, you're amazing. Stay tuned, because in a moment, we're gonna talk to Jill and her hubby about how to create an amazing relationship. Thanks for having me, Rosie, I love you. (laughs) I love you too. We were talking about yoga and things that couples do together or things that couples should do together. And Tori was talking about how he, he doesn't ever do yoga and, you know, whatever. And it's fine. And we have a great relationship. He doesn't have to do yoga just because I teach yoga. But, you know, if he feels like it, he'll come to a class. I love yoga. He loves yoga. But it's he'll, just not part of my lifestyle. It's, it's not part of his lifestyle. But... He'll only come to yoga if you're teaching. <laughs> yoga. Oh, yeah, I think I did say that. He did I was like, I love to go to Jill's class. I'm so flattered. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jill, you're just going to have to teach five days a week so that Tori can go do yoga. For Tori, I'll do it. Yeah. Here we are again. Welcome to the studio, Michael Naus. I need to get. I need to get like a yeah, little. Yeah, you need a. Where do I get that? Applause track. Applause track. Yeah. I, is there like a keyboard I can buy with those? I'm sure there's an app. For oh, there's that. an app, and then I can just hold the app up to the microphone. 
I wanted to talk to you guys because I feel like you guys are an amazing couple. Um, and I want to know how that happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, That's a loaded right? question. <laughs> like, how does this happen? We actually had a list. We both had a list. We were at that point in our lives. It's geeky, right? We're on like date number two because we'd both been through relationships before. And so we were, we were pretty clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. We met through yoga. So, you know, guys, if you're looking for lovely just... ladies, I'm just kidding. <laughs> go to yoga class. <laughs> I'm not going to go down that creepy path. <laughs> Maybe that's why Tori wants to go uh, to your classes, Joe. <laughs> Now, I had gone to, I would started taking yoga. I moved back to Portland, and I would started taking yoga, and I would go to Jill's class, but I was, like, super focused when I would go to yoga class. I was, like, I'd roll out my mat, I would do my yoga, and then I was out, and I loved Jill's class, but there was never, like, a spark. I mean, I'm a guy, right? So I'd be like, oh, yeah, she's probably married or has a boyfriend or something. Something. <laughs> something. But... Um, there was nothing, there was nothing weird about like anything. And then we took a boot camp together. I signed up for boot camp. I didn't know she was going to be there. And she was like kind of a, what were you doing? What was your role in the boot camp? Oh, I think I taught a couple of, um, the sculpt classes, but I was, I was kind of like, uh, participating. I was doing everything with everybody each day and kind of keeping like the energy high, you know, I was just kind of running around and doing all the workouts with them. So it was like 6 a.m. and not glamorous at all, right? You know, 6 a.m., hair pulled back, no makeup, no shower, you know, and we were just jumping around like freaks. So it was perfect way to meet a guy. <laughs> so this was a two-week boot camp at 6 a.m. in the morning, five, six days a week. And um, we just started laughing together and having fun. And I was, I had that, you know, question in my mind. I was like, is she, was that? You're <laughs> like, what's, what's going, what's on, going here? on here? Is she like laughing with me? Like, <laughs> what? Is she laughing at me? Is she laughing at me? <laughs> like, is she like, would she want to marry me? <laughs> so funny. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I did my best to play it cool until at least the end of those two weeks. And then on the final day of boot camp, like I had, like I kind of had to know where things were, like what was going on Yeah, here? where were you? Yeah, and so everybody was in the lobby of this yoga studio saying goodbyes, and Jill was over there surrounded by all these people, so I was like, oh, we'll figure it out later. And I, I walked out, and I didn't know she, that she saw me walk out. I saw out. him walk out, I was crestfallen that he was leaving, I was like, well, there he goes. <laughs> And it was the weirdest thing. It was like, I flipped around in the middle of the street. She had her tractor beam on me. Now I know. <laughs> she pulled me back in. And I just walked. It was, the, it was the craziest, clear thing in the world. I just walked back in, and I gave her a big hug, and I said, it was so great to spend these two weeks with you and get to know you a little bit. And that was really it. I didn't ask her out or anything um, because I was still wrestling with how that works, you know. I mean, she's a yoga teacher. <laughs> I go to her class. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> So by the time I got home, um, I had a little Facebook message from her. 
that was like super flirty. Oh boy. Oh goodness, <laughs> please share. <laughs> Tell me you took a screenshot of it so I can post it. Really fun meeting you in boot camp. Hope to see you around. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> oh, you boys cute things all the time, don't you? So I immediately said, hey, we should grab a glass of wine sometime. Yeah, and she was like, well, I'm doing a cleanse for the next, what, week, two weeks? Two weeks or something, yeah. I was like, okay, either I'm getting blown off or she's really doing a cleanse. So we set a date and... We went on that date, and it was like a, one of those dinners where it's four hours, and the valet's like, come get your goddamn car, because <laughs> we want to go home, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it, seriously, ever since, it's been like, we've been together. Oh, <laughs> I yeah, love that. How, and how long ago was that? It's about six years ago. Yeah. Wow. Six years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when you talk about it. like, <laughs> Yeah, but I, I mean, b both of us had been, like Michael um, mentioned, we were actually both married before, and, um, and I spent probably most of my 30s in that dating world, and like, I had a couple of longer-term relationships, but, um, it, you know, as we talked about in, in our earlier podcast, or the, the other one, oh, I should, you'll have to edit No, that it's out. fine, no, no, it's okay, <laughs> no, because we're on right after, yeah, so it's fine. so in the other podcast, um, I started really um, living for myself and listening to my intuition, and and this is what brought me up to Portland, and um, not waiting for things. I think for a while I was down in San Francisco, figuring, well, I'll I'll do what I want to do when I meet the right guy, and this and that. And instead of doing that, it was like I'm making some changes that are really for me um, to find that sort of integrated whole self as I am. And that led me to Portland, led me to switching kind of careers and stuff. And I honestly believe it led me to being ready for um, the relationship with Michael when I, when I did meet him. Because it was like, I felt like a whole being and I could be a better partner with him. And so when we did meet, and I feel like he had already done a lot of, of his own work as well, like we were just ready for it. And we were super open, like he, he referred to the lists like a, a couple weeks into dating, we shared that not only did we know what we didn't want, but we had gotten really clear on what we did want. And so we had written it down and we both had carried it around. Like I had mine in my wallet. He had his somewhere that was, you know, close to him. And uh, so a couple weeks in, we shared that with each other. Like, yeah. And in the end, it turned out to be part of our vows. And like, it was Aww. really, you know, it was significant to us that we were at that stage. So. Yeah, that's all really good sweet. and fun, but you know we had kind of the path to get there because we didn't meet until we were, you know, 40, 39, 40. So be clear. Well, yeah, be so clear. Be clear. <laughs> don't just yoga. know what you don't want because yeah. usually if you focus a lot on what you don't, don't want, want you, get you get that. That's for sure. <laughs> so that's that's really great. And so tell me now, six years later, what's the dynamic like in the relationship? What may what do you think creates a healthy relationship like what works in your relationships now that didn't work in the past and you guys can both speak to this because you've both been in past marriages right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I think for me uh, now it's a recognition that our relationship is the foundation for everything else so with this in place it makes everything else better 
not in a way that like I need this for everything to be great in my life, but I just see it as that foundation. And we both treat it as that and give it that respect that with this, that everything else can fall into place more easily around business, around, you know, lots of things. Yeah. And I think because we both have our own businesses and we're both entrepreneurs, we don't have a normal like schedule or, you know, yearly cycle. Like it's, it's cyclical and, and, um, and not always synced up because he's got what he's got going on and I've got what I've got going on and they don't always match and sometimes they're the opposite. And so we're really aware of um, those times where we get pulled in opposite directions at opposite times and we really look for where that endpoint is and design an endpoint if we can't see one in sight so that there's time to pull away and reconnect. Because I think that um, it's pretty easy when you're busy and, um, and you know, doing things... Um, without a lot of structure. I mean, there's structure. <laughs> We're not totally chaotic, but, um, but to design in time to come back together because we do get really busy and stuff. And so, you know, like uh, at the end of my teacher training program in December, we knew like I was going to be slammed all the way up until then. And he had so much going on and I was gone nights and he was busy days. And like, it was just totally opposite. And so as soon as that ended, like the very next day, we went and pulled away with the dog and went up to the mountains and just like sort of hold up and, you know, just reconnected. And so we designed times like that to make sure that if we do feel like the thread gets thin, it comes back in full force, you know? Yeah, I think that it's, I, I want to talk about that because I, it happens in relationship, mm -hmm. right? That thread, it starts to thin, right? Mm -hmm. You don't spend enough time. I mean, Tori and I get that too all the time. We're both also entrepreneurs we're both self-employed and so we and we're both workaholics you know and you so you love what you do yeah so, you do it all the so time. it's just like I can do it I'll do it 24 hours a day seven days a week you know mm -hmm. and we we get those moments where it's like so busy so busy and I realize I'm like wow I've not actually seen we sleep on the same bed that's about it, yeah. you know? Like, I've not actually spent any real quality time. And so you start to feel, right, that tension begins to build and you start to kind of feel this thing that happens where it's like, okay, something's not right. It feels like there's this, like, we need to be able to reconnect and to be able to set that time to do that or to acknowledge that that's what is going on is, is really important, I think. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. She'll actually, um, she'll, like, calm me out a little bit i'm pretty intuitive and I, I and also sensitive you know like sorry baby um, but I, but i can feel it like right away when things are slightly amiss and i don't usually let it go or yes again sorry but I just, like i'll go right at it and have a conversation about it because it's super important to me that that i thread, can totally see you, you know, doing that too. like like i hope i'm sweet and sensitive and, and kind about it but it's like you know what's up she's like how are we doing so how are we how doing how are we doing right now <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally we're doing great why look me in the eyeballs yeah and she's yeah. like no how are we really doing and i'm like oh Oh, that. Oh, that. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, you got to shake it off, you know, and come back. Yeah, because we get so caught up and, and get very heady. Mm -hmm. And we got to drop back into the body and, like, really be there. Yeah. So, and do you guys work together? I know that you guys do projects and you guys have done conferences and stuff together. Mm -hmm. um, Michael, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about what you do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I am a uh, startup coach. And I work with people that have been in business typically like one to four years, 
who've got their thing off the ground, they sold some stuff, like they know what they want to do, but they haven't, they don't have any strategy in their business. They want to take it to the next level. They want to go to the next place. And so I coach them through that process and help them uh, expand their business exponentially usually. So that's, that's kind of my sweet spot and where I really love working with people. And, and you guys have done stuff together. So how is it working together? It's great. I, that's, for me, that's one of like the benefits of a relationship is that we do very different things, but we have this, like we've recognized this crossover space where we can kind of play together. And I use that word play intentionally because it feels like play. Like it's, yes, it's business and we're working with people, but um, I, I've had the um, opportunity to where she invites me into her teacher training program and her Elevate mentorship program. It started when, uh, when I was asked to present something on the business of yoga at the Northwest Yoga Conference. And um, as a business coach, I thought with the experiences that I've had and, and like actually putting um, the, the, the plan in action and having the accomplishments and sort of the successes that I've had in the, in the um, projects that I've created brought to fruition and like all of that, Michael could put some structure behind that. And so I, I and he's a wonderful presenter. And the last thing I really want to do is like present. It's not my favorite thing. It's so hard for me. I get terrified. But anyway, so uh, for various reasons, I was like, this could be much more impactful for the participants if Michael is a part of it. And so we can go through my uh, timeline and kind of share what I've done and, and how I've done it and where I've made mistakes and how things you can avoid and all of that, but also um, talk about uh, the, the bigger picture of business. And so we thought it would be a great thing. And so I, um, I invited him in to do that presentation with me and it was a great success. We had probably 50 people in attendance and we didn't get to all the material we wanted and so we said we were going to do a follow-up webinar and like 48 of the 50 signed up to do the, the webinar and wanted to participate in that. And then we followed that up with some um, presentations Michael did on the business of yoga um, with me and with my experience kind of weaved in um, a couple of times with Elevate and the teacher training. And then we also did an online program called Elevate Your Yoga Business that was directed towards yoga teachers. And that was like a six-week online program where we could access people all over the world. And um, we had a really good turnout for that. And, and people had some great success with it and are doing pretty cool things out in the, in the world with, um, with just a little bit of guidance and coaching. And so it's been really fun. We have a good time doing it. And just hole up uh, in his office and <laughs> yeah, just work laugh together. And, yeah, yeah, we go have into a the good cave. time. Yeah, <laughs> there were moments though. There were moments like if if we want to like be brutally like please honest, do. Like, Tori and I just like, bantered for an there's hour. There's moments where I, I would like cut her off in the webinar because I just had something to say and I didn't mean it like that, and she'd look at me like. Like <clears throat> that look, right? Well, I didn't just look at him. I give him an elbow to the gut. <laughs> and then afterwards, of course, there is the discussion. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of, all, that's the, the beauty and the curse, right? Is that, um, you know, if it's just two people who work together, maybe they'd be biting their tongue or there'd be this, like, I get to just say, like, that kind of hurt my feelings. And then we'd just air it out. And then it's like, oh, okay. And, and same, you know, it, it, but it goes both ways, and we were able to just kind of address it. And 
Well, I think that that's... Address it again. Address it again. And again. <laughs> address it again. And again. And again. And again. And then like six months later, bring it up again and be like, that one time you interrupted me and I said, if you ever did it again. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, I think that, Michael, to, to just add on to what you're saying about clarity, I mean, that's really what you're saying. And... and as far as the dynamic of your relationship together is that you guys are both obviously, you know, experienced in communication and being able to be clear with each other and telling each other what each of you need at that particular time and being open and honest with each other. I think that that's, that's a huge key. What sort of advice would you give to our single friends out there that are looking for that kind of substantial relationship or something with that actually has meaning where it's like you know nowadays people just meet each other on these apps and like there's no real way of knowing wow do I really connect with this person is there something of value here and not even that I want to go one step further and and just because we know that's not about that it's really about what you're looking for like what do you want is the most important question right it's like what exactly what exactly are, do you want, first of all? And then how, how are you putting that out there in the world, right? Like, how are you putting that out there in the world to, to reciprocate what you're, what you're wanting, right? So what, what do you think that, you know, in, in this day and age with, with all the stuff, with all the apps and, and the things that are out there that are kind of creating all of this, mental garbage for people and and it's not even allowing them to decipher like what's what yeah it's hard because you really can only control yourself and so the other people that are out there also being bombarded with this and so it sometimes can shrink the pool a little bit right in terms of the like what's really um out there and and ready i would say and this is based on where I was when we met. I was really focused on creating a life for myself where I loved every aspect of it so much that I didn't really, and this sounds a little bit weird maybe, but it wasn't from a super selfish reason. I just knew that I would open myself up for the best relationship by being in the best relationship with myself. And so I was preparing to meet someone with that foundation because I had done it differently before. And so I was consciously making that adjustment in my life. So that's my like number one baseline. It's, it's kind of a generic recommendation, but it's so important, I think, to get um, use whatever practices could be yoga, could be meditation, to spend time um, in a little bit of reflection and getting your life to a point where it's like you're pretty damn happy with it, with or without someone, so that when you choose to create and invite someone in, that they're like walking into a palace, like it's damn, I want to be here, right? And and that goes both ways too. Yeah, and I think that um, we had, like, it was it was meant to be in that sense, like, because we were both in that space. And that doesn't always happen. 
And you have to be willing to let go when you meet up with that someone that's just not in that space and move on, right? Because you know and you're clear about what you want to align with. And so you, I mean, maybe that person will come back at some point. You know, you feel like they're the right person. But just to be clear and to um, really honor that, which you value. Yeah. This was pre-Tinder. Yeah, it was pre-Tinder. <laughs> well, that it wasn't pre any of those others, Matt. Yeah, no, there was yeah. all these other. All and, and look, I have a lot of great friends that have gotten married because they've met through these you know, mm-hmm. services that are out there. And I, and I think it's great. I think that there could be a, a better service out there that, that could touch a little bit more in depth to connect people, but maybe somebody out there will come up with an app like mm-hmm. that. But I think that, you know, what you're saying as far as being really clear and being able to kind of really tune into that deep listening is what you're saying, right? It's like, listen to that. I I think that a lot of people will make the mistake of staying in a relationship or meeting somebody that may not be their best match uh, because they have fear, right? It's like, oh, maybe this is as good as it gets, Mm -hmm. or uh, I'm afraid of being alone again. Like, I'm just going to look past all of these red flags and just continue to be with this person, even though internally my heart is saying, this is not okay, or this is not right. Like, I think that it's important for for everyone to operate from a place of not having that fear. And it's what Michael, what you're saying about like just being your best self, right. And being a little bit selfish, you know, and and I'm okay with saying that, you know, because I think that I wouldn't be in the relationship that I'm in now if I wasn't a little bit selfish, you know, because I think him and I have, have, uh, created this, this life together because we're both really, committed to our own self-evolution and we're also committed to the evolution as a unit right but there's always that sort of that's that number one step you know I'm like I, I hate to sound like this but like I say it to him and I don't mean to say it as a slide I just I'm like I am I'm happy with the person that I am today if I didn't have him in my life if something happened I know I would be okay because I know who I am. Do I want to live a life without him? No. Um, I hope that we have a happy ever after together. But I'm, I'm also a realist and, and I'm aware that if I don't continue my own practices and, and continue to kind of nurture that relationship with myself, that things can go horribly awry. And if things don't work out, then there's something at the end that's not so good. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's so well said. Yeah. Really? I just <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> I read it off the cue card. <laughs> I remember somebody somebody said something to me before I met Jill. And it was along the lines of um, never be in relationship because like you need someone or need something. And I guess the essence of that always stuck with me because when I met Jill, it felt like really like this, the energy was clean. In other words, I didn't, I wanted to be with her and she wanted to be with me, but there was no like neediness or attachment to it. Um, And I think it's honestly like hard to keep that out all the time. Because you get very attached to like certain patterns and ways of being with one another and so forth. 
But um, that was something I was really conscious of when, before we met, actually, that is, I think, could be transformative in the way that you would approach a relationship. And I think we still maintain a degree of independence. You know, we still explore the, like you said, the practices um, that serve us each independently. Um, and a lot of times they overlap, like we'll go to yoga together, or we'll go to burn cycle together, um, we'll ski together, or he'll ski with his buddies because he's kind of a badass. But you know what I mean? Like sometimes <laughs> it's like, sometimes it overlaps and sometimes it doesn't. Just this uh, Christmas, we actually spent two weeks apart for the first time because, you know, I was doing a training in India and he, we kind of had to divide and conquer. So, um, so we're still exploring our own independent um, ventures, you know, and I think that that's really important too, because um, it just, it is a healthy balance. Yeah. And we have, uh, did you tell her about the cave? No, I didn't tell her about the cave yet. Whoa. What? <laughs> tell, tell me. Do I so, want to know about the cave? I don't know. <laughs> tell me it, about it. It's stupid actually, but it's so know. fun. Tell me. <laughs> it's, we create space and it's not a, like on a schedule or anything. But you we're, have to edit. Yeah, where we just, am I scared? I'm scared. Right it's now. like this. It's like this time where, like, we don't censor anything, and we just like pretty much say whatever and laugh and and be funny. It's hilarious to us, but we'd probably be put in padded rooms <laughs> if anyone else was in there. It's just like the biggest dork fest ever, and it's a combination of just being silly and honest and. Yeah whatever and we we create space for that and this happened accidentally just by we were riffing one day and just being stupid and silly and we we're like we just gave it the name the cave and yeah. it's our <laughs> no one can know about it and now we're broadcasting, <laughs> now you're broadcasting it don't worry no one's listening no one's listening to us. but i think that's another thing that keeps us really like close is that we don't have to be or perform or you know i mean we get to we get to share honestly and and be ridiculous and emotional and you know we get to have all of it and that's all again that transparency and authenticity <laughs> yeah. is real in the just cave loop, just looping <laughs> looping it back it's real in the cave yeah. um so that's our time wow will you guys come back and do this again Oh my gosh, yes. Absolutely. Oh, I would love to have you guys again. Thank yeah. you so much uh, for being here and doing this with me and allowing the listeners in to your lives. Because <laughs> now we all know about the cave. <laughs> um, People are going to come over and yeah, they're gonna start be looking like, for it. So where's the cave? <laughs> I want to know. Uh, so yeah. thank you so much. Thank you for coming and for being here. And I appreciate yeah. you guys so much. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Rosie. Thanks thank for doing you, this show. Rosie. It's an inspiration um, for us to see uh, you taking this this role. And it's a leadership position to grow the community. Oh, my and God. It's, so, it's awesome. It it's is. great. Any like I get behind projects and like this because I, I think that the more people that do this, the better off we all are and the, the more we lift each other oh, up absolutely. and support each other. So, oh, thank, absolutely. so thank you for what you're doing. Oh. Thanks everyone for listening to Radically Loved Radio. For more information, you can go to radicallyloved.com. You can follow me on all the social media outlets, Instagram at Rosie Acosta, Twitter at Rosie Acosta, Love Radically on Facebook, 
and I'm sure there's a bunch of other things that I'm not mentioning, but I'm sure you will find them if you're looking for them. Thanks for listening.